Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. Well, I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today... We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. You know what time it is when you hear that intro. We go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend, Dr. Robert O'Dell uh, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas. And he's joined by his colleague, Dr. Shaw. Dr. Shaw, what's your first name? Stephen. Dr. Stephen Shaw. Uh, who is a colleague of Dr. Odell. Gentlemen, uh, thank you very much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Dr. Odell, i got to ask you right off the uh, bat, what do you make of this beautiful weather? We don't want to talk too loudly about it, even though people can hear us all over the world right now, but if this was the weather in Las Vegas 24-7, I think there would be 40 million people that lived in this in this st- yeah, uh, state. Yeah, and, and my house would be worth uh, you know, 10 times what it's worth now. So I'm happy the way it is. I don't mind a little heat in the summer. Keep the riffraff out. <laughs> Neither do I, and I'm with you on that. Uh, I came from California. Well, I love that. I, lo- can I, I, I want to do something uh, before you start. Uh, Tom Holly, the beloved uh, traffic uh, guy on Channel 3, passed away today. So everybody, anybody watches Channel 3, had pancreatic cancer and went downhill really fast. It's really kind of sad. But he's been a fixture in Vegas for 40 years. Just a wonderful man. Thank you very much for uh, mentioning that. I, I saw uh, that uh, on social media and had some friends and colleagues over at uh, the Raiders facility that worked for, with him and knew him for a long time. And so our condolences uh, to his family, and, and I, I appreciate you, you, you mentioning that. Um, Dr. Odell, um, uh, I, I have to ask you something real quick. You know, obviously all this, uh, everything that happened, um, you know, with, with the Raiders and um, – you know, uh, losing their head coach, John Gruden. We won't get into all the specifics of, of how that happened, but it's left, you know, the Raiders in a way reeling um, and, you know, uh, staggered a little bit. And they have to get it together uh, as quickly as possible. They got a football game to play on Sunday. They're not postponing any games on behalf of the Raiders in order to get their minds mentally wrapped around what happened. Um, but in, in your line of work, when it deals physical uh, nature and pain and things like that, um, the, the mental aspect uh, of a letdown or things like that, I mean, are, are, are you susceptible to injuries in that kind of regard? Is that, does it play any kind of a role where if you're a little bit off focus-wise uh, that, that things like that can happen? Yeah, it's called the mind-body connection, obviously, yes. That's the short answer. It's, you know, everything works together. I think everything's connected, Vinny, as you know. And hopefully, uh, you know, they'll rise above it and make you know, make lemonade out of lemon. I think you have to perform at 100%, and to, to perform at 100%, you have to be mentally capable at 100%. And I, if you try and go out there and compete at that type of intense level at, at you know, even 80 85%, I think you set yourself up for uh, failure. Doctors, uh, you guys perform procedures. Uh, you're dealing with serious stuff. And, um, and I know you also have outside lives and, you know, have uh, issues, problems, whatever the case might be that anyone else has. Um, but you're able to t- kind of turn it off when you get into your uh, office or surgery room or whatever it is uh, that, that, that you're working with. What is, the, uh, what is the key to that, do you think? Uh, because it does apply 
to what you know these guys are going to have to do on Sunday when you know their their leader, their a good friend, somebody that re- that they respected is no longer there. What is the key to being able to do that? I just think it's the difference between being a professional and an amateur. A professional knows that you have to take all personal factors and set them aside so that you can perform your job. Uh, there's expectations of you no different than a surgeon walking into a an operating room. Uh, he can't let his uh, the, you know the Skirmishes between his family or his friends or what happened on the road that day get in, in uh, you know intervene with his focus on what he should be doing. Same goes with these athletes. At that's such a high level, they need to stay focused on what they're doing. Uh, Dr. Shaw, I've got a quick question for you. Uh, Colton Miller, uh, the Raiders' uh, outstanding left tackle, um, who's basically in charge of uh, protecting Derek Carr's uh, backside. Um, he's dealing with a, uh, a a pectoral injury right now. I don't know the extent of it. Obviously, he can play, so uh, it doesn't appear to be torn or, or, or anything like that. But um, with that type of an injury, playing the type of his position, uh, the position that he plays where leverage, uh, arms, you know, getting out in front of a, of a defender and holding them off, uh, what do you think he's dealing with right now And, and uh, in terms of a pectoral injury playing left tackle? Well, you know, if you think about it, uh, you know, tackles, guards, and centers, I mean, they, they, their, their mechanism in protecting the quarterback is, is no different than uh, doing a, a bench press move. I mean, they all, they all probably bench press 300-plus pounds, and out on the field when they're standing upright, they're bench pressing these defensive linemen who are 300-plus pounds away from them. So it's the same mechanism. They are, they are using both hands and pushing just like they would a, a bench press move in, in the gym. Uh, so every time, if, if the pectoralis, the pec major, pec minor, if uh, any one of those muscles or tendons have been irritated or agitated, then every time they go to block someone, they're gonna, it's going to remind them about it. And so, you know, the conditioning uh, plays a big part in that. Their normal day-to-day uh, rehab with their trainers plays a big part in that. And, and, you know, again, like we talked about earlier, the mental toughness. You can play through, through it, but, uh, you know, you have to make up your mind that's what you're going to do. Dr. Odell, as it, as it uh, relates to uh, some sort of pain relief or something that can be done for that, short of a, uh, you know, obviously a tear, that's a whole other issue, but uh, it, it doesn't appear to be that significant, but obviously there's pain involved. What type of things can you do to, uh, to, to maybe mitigate uh, something like a pectoral uh, strain or, or whatever the case might be, short of, a, uh, you know, obviously a tear or something like that? This thing is uh, they can use topicals. They, they have some amazing creams now. They can soak in and can and do wonders, uh, and 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 they don't go into the bloodstream as much. There's no central action. There's also uh, first the, the whirlpool, the heat, all, all the physical modalities, ultrasound that that chiropractors use, and that we use when people are are recovering from a personal injury. That's something that is uh, is really what the training what the training squad is for. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if if somebody has a rotator cuff tear complete tear, they may have to have surgery. If it's a partial tear, I might be able to help them with PRP. Now, in this case, of course, that might be a long-term solution, but as the per- person has to play day in and day out during the season, you know, less draconian, less invasive measures must be used. And really, it's in the purview of what Dr. Shaw does with the, with the, uh, in, in, in his treating room out there with the, the heat, the heat, the ice, the, all of it alleys. I have a, actually a, a device called Vibracool that a pediatric emergency room physician developed where it accesses the proscenium corpuscles in the uh, muscles. And, uh, and 
it, it, it really works quite well. I've tried it out myself for just, you know, aches and pains. And it, it's, uh, it's kind of like a TENS unit, but it's a different modality. It's a different energy modality. And the more energy modalities you use, the better somebody, you know, the better somebody may recover. So, Major, I'll, I'll just, just interject one second. Most of these injuries result in what are called sprain-strain injuries, sprain of the connective tissue and ligaments, strain of the muscles and, and tendons. And the result of each of them winds up being an, an inflammatory process. So inflammation happens whenever you sprain or strain things. And so to control the pain, what most physicians and therapists turn toward is anti-inflammatory measures, like Dr. was saying, ultrasound, cryotherapy, and some topical ointments, but it's, it's mainly to try and control the inflammatory process. We're, doc- we're talking to Dr. Odell and Dr. Shaw of the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, here in Las Vegas. I tell you guys all the time, uh, the listeners that is, um, you know, obviously pain is a part of life, but it doesn't have to be the dictating aspect of life. And just because you're getting older uh, doesn't mean you have to just grit your teeth and deal with pain. Uh, and that's exactly what Dr. Odell and Dr. Shaw uh, are, are, are there to help you with. Uh, please give them a call, 702-257-7246. Um, there's, there's methods, there's procedures, uh, there's ways to mitigate the pain uh, in a way that makes your life much more enjoyable. Just because you're getting older doesn't mean you have to suck it up and deal with it. Those days are over, uh, and Dr. Odell and Dr. Shaw uh, are there to explain uh, how. Guys, I've seen... Uh, even on t- today's injury report between the Raiders uh, and uh, the Denver Broncos, I'm seeing more and more hip injuries. Um, and I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around why that might be. And when you see hip injury, and again, they don't go into complete context of, of, of what exactly or, the, or the, uh, uh, you know, how deep that actually goes or the significance of the injury, um, seriousness of it. But when you see a hip injury, in a football player, what immediately comes to mind uh, for you, Dr. Shaw? Uh, well, kind of, kind of going back to what we said, uh, you typically there are sprain-strain injuries, uh, the soft tissue surrounding the hip. But, you know, in, in cases of football players, um, it, the, I, I would also consider cartilage injuries. Um, the hips sort of function in the same capacity that shoulders do. And with any compressive forces on that acetabulum could potentially cause the cartilage to tear, even micro-tear. And again, causing the inflammation. So it's, I, I, I would have to say, say that that is a common injury amongst football players who are constantly using their pelvis, their hips, to drive forward. They're all taught to drive forward and through their opponent. opponent. Uh, so it's putting excess strain on, on, those, on those joints. Is it a matter of Dr. Odell in a situation like that uh, just dealing with the pain, or how much can it uh, in, in uh, uh hamper your ability to, to move and to, as, as Dr. Shaw just mentioned, drive. You have to drive into people, whether it's tackling, blocking, uh, whatever the case might be. I'm going to give this one back to Steve because it's really more <laughs> on the acute side. Go ahead. Uh, I, yeah, there, there's, I, I'm sorry, repeat your question. In terms of, you know, uh, there, there's, there's the pain aspect of, a, of an injury, like a hip injury, but then there's also uh, – how it can hamper you in terms of doing your job above and beyond just the pain you have to deal with. Like it can literally weaken your strength and your core and things like that. Oh, okay. Sure. I, I mean, you, you, you sort of uh, uh, make an analogy to a, to a vehicle riding on four tires and one of the tires blows out. You can still ride on it. You can still get to wherever you're going. You're just going to have a difficult time doing it. 
the, the hips will be no different. That's your foundation. That's what you use to drive and run and go through your opponent. And if only one side is working correctly, it's probably no different than riding on two good tires and two bad ones. Uh, I mean, you, you just have to make do. But that's where the training comes in. Um, that you know, that's where the uh, the physical therapy comes in. And first of all, recognizing the injury immediately because you'll respond a lot better if you if you um, initiate care early on versus waiting it for it to get worse because it can multiply if it's not addressed early. You know, we see a lot of back injuries as well uh, on this week's injury report. You know, I get shoulders because you're driving your shoulder, um, you know, uh, when, you're, when you're blocking or tackling or even running the ball and lowering yourself to, uh, to either, um, you, you know, run through an opponent or, or brace for whatever hit might be coming on there. And, but the back injuries, uh, they're also extremely prevalent. And uh, I'm wondering what maybe, you know, like what's the, what's the reason for that where backs become so prevalent in terms of, of injuries in this sport? Sure. You know, and, and to be honest, it's a lot, uh, it's very similar to the motor vehicle accident patients that we see in that, uh, you know, as they're sitting there in their vehicle and they get smashed from behind, what happens is the spinal column, if you think of it as like, like an accordion, right, it, it becomes compressed. So mo- most most back or spinal injuries are the result of compressive forces, like you're compressing an accordion together. And as a result, all the soft tissue like the discs, uh, the facet capsules, uh, the, the ligaments, all of that becomes compromised because now it's uh, the disc material that separates the, the uh, vertebral uh, bodies now have a bulge that's bulging into the soft tissue like the spinal cord, like the spinal nerves. So it's really, short answer is they're all compressive injuries on the spine. What can be done uh, to help those? Well, we actually, so uh, (laughs) funny you should bring it up. We've been talking (laughs) about it all day. Uh, Decompressive measures. So you just basically go in the opposite direction of what caused the injury in the first place. If the cause of the injury is due to compressive forces, then a very effective modality would be decompression and we do have, we have uh, two mechanical traction devices here. One's called VAX-D. The other one's called Back on Track by a company called Ergonomics. So uh, we use those to uh, provide decompressive treatments onto our accident, our slip fall patients, uh, assault victims, um, all of the people that have suffered compressive spinal injuries. All and right. it works beautifully, and it's energy medicine. We add that to the Synexus Electronalgesia, which is, something I'd like to see the Raiders start doing, and I think you can see some fairly quick recoveries. When you guys say decompress, uh, you know, a, a decompress uh, method, what exactly does that mean? Well, uh, um, so I, I guess if, to give you a simple example, if you laid a patient down and somebody grabbed his head and another person on his feet grabbed his feet and they went in opposite directions, they're basically making that six-foot patient into a six-foot-four patient. Uh, so they're just elongating the spinal column. And so there's, there's, there's right and wrong ways to do it, of course. And, of course, the example I gave was, right, was, right. was not. <laughs> but uh, we have machinery that's actually research-backed um, that, that shows uh, the, uh, the amount of benefit that people gain from going through deep compression when they have spinal cord injury. So by, by elongating the spinal column, you're taking pressure off of the disc, you're taking pressure off of the spinal cord, and you're taking pressure off of the spinal nerves, all of which cause pain. 
So a lot of times doesn't necessarily, depending on the severity of the injury, doesn't necessarily fix it, but it, you can certainly help manage those types of injuries with decompression. Awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, doc- <laughs> Go ahead, Dr. Yeah, zero risk. Zero risk. I'm sorry, one more time? No risk. Yeah, okay. right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it sounds – it just makes perfect sense. And, uh, I, you know, you don't have to be a football player, obviously, to have back issues. I think we all know somebody, whether it's us individually or family members, friends, whatever the case might be, that are – you can just tell sometimes by the, by the way they walk that they're dealing with a back injury. Vinny, yes, go ahead. Vinny, I want to add something before we stop. Medicare in 1997 passed a national coverage decision against lumbar decompression backseat. It turned out that the inventor, Alan Dyer, MD, PhD, a minister of health in Canada, somebody didn't like him. There was a political problem at a Medicare meeting, wasn't even on the agenda, and they made a national coverage decision against it. They were upset because all the chiropractors are doing it. That decision alone probably has caused, I don't even want to estimate how much, how many people have been operated on and are hurt because of that decision alone. And to this day, these devices do not get paid for. Patients have to pay cash. We're offering a very affordable option we were just discussing today. It's, it's really, and I, I'm really heretical in saying this, I'd rather do this than do an epidural on somebody. The, the epidural steroids and the lidocaine is toxic to the discs and it's toxic to joints. I don't do those anymore. And I'm telling you, things are going to change, hopefully, Hopefully the science will catch up to the bean counters and uh, and we'll start doing the right thing for people. Absolutely, uh, 100%. Dr. Robert O'Dell, Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Enjoy your weekend, um, and we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see um, uh, what, the, uh, what, what happens uh, this weekend. And Dr. Shaw, you played at UNLV, right? Uh, yeah, that was 1989 when uh, Coach Wayne Nunley was there. Are the running Rebels going to get a win uh, here uh, at any point? They play Utah State, I believe it is, tomorrow. Tomorrow, um, At some point, they got to win, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, they're putting points on the board. Uh, the defense, I think, needs to step up. Um, I'd be excited to see that local kid, Tate Martell, take the reins. Uh, he's proven himself on a national level, and I'd, I'd like to see him lead the offense uh, down the field. But that defense, that defense needs to uh, – Pick it up a little bit. But to answer your question, yes, they will. Yeah, it, the defense definitely needs a, a little bit of help. Uh, doctors, thank you guys so much. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Raiders. Go Raiders. There you go. That's Dr. Odell and Dr. Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center. Give them a call, 702-257-7246, whether it's you, a family member, a friend. Uh, if you know, we all do, somebody that's dealing with pain, uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, here in Las Vegas is there for them. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Um, you know, there's challenges about playing in mile high, obviously, and, and uh, they have a big ball hitter, you know, in their kicker. And, and uh, you know, we had last year we had to end up with the tip block before the half, and Henry had a return on it. And so, but he's made some big kicks up there. So I think the challenges are the wind, if we get that. Um, my son lives in Durango. It snowed there the other day. And so we'll see what the weather looks like. It can change overnight. So I think the challenges are usually the weather. And then the decision-making process says, do you really want to hit a big ball here? Do you have the wind? Do you not have the wind? And it affects the punt game as well um, if it's a windy day. So those are the challenges up there. And not to mention the fans, you know, not to mention them. 
That was Raiders interim head coach uh, Rich Bisaccia talking about the challenges of playing in Denver. And he ain't lying about the weather turning on a dime. Uh, I remember, I think it was 2017, uh, it might have been. <laughs> we go up to Denver. I was covering the Rams at the time. And it was in October, too, early October, kind of like right about now, uh, actually. And get there on Saturday, and it was... 75 degrees, beautiful, gorgeous day uh, in Denver. The next day, it was literally in the 20s and snowing. That's how quickly it turned. It went from the se- in the 70s, I kid you not, I was out in shorts running around, it was beautiful, to oh my goodness, it was freezing the very next day, less than 24 hours, because I remember uh, going to my car uh, at the hotel, and I had to scrape the snow, it was packed, uh, off my car. It was unbelievable. I've never seen snow. I mean, like snow after a 75 degree day. And people in Colorado are like, yeah, it happens all the time. I'm like, holy cow. Uh, but another thought real quick on, uh, we were talking earlier about Mark Davis, not talking to the media. Um, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about, um, about it uh, throughout the show. And I have to also add this. All right. Mark Davis has been as accessible an owner that I've frankly ever covered. Um, and there's been um, a lot of crazy things that have happened uh, in the short time that I've been covering the Raiders, and he's never, ever, ever, never uh, been um, anything less than accommodating. And he'll talk uh, even when you're you, – you, sometimes you're surprised uh, at times when he does talk uh, after uh, certain situations. Um, and so having said that and, and never having him – you know, decline to comment or, or not say anything um, because of that, I should say, uh, and, and, and how accommodating he has been, it leads me to believe, and I know I, I have a really good sense that this is the case, that this one, um, you know, hit him pretty hard, okay, in a lot of different ways, and I think he's still just processing it. And I'm willing, especially after the access that he's given me, and I know many other reporters as well, uh, the access that he's given me, I'm willing to give him a little bit of time on this one uh, because I just feel like this is different, and it, and it has hit him hard. And as a human being, I'm willing to give him uh, that time and not call him names and a coward and all that nonsense uh, because to me that's all BS, uh, to be honest with you. It's just kind of a um, gratuitous stance to take uh, to call somebody a coward. I, I don't agree with it one bit. Uh, out to the Raider Nation, uh, listener, Bernard is on the line. How you doing, Bernard? Hey, Vinny, how you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Good. I just want to chime in a little bit. Um, Devon corrected me last week when I called in with, uh, in regards to the, when the story first broke. And I was kind of nodding out because this is around the time I get off work. And I thought he just commented with something about the, the Michelin man. And then Devon cleared that up. So, uh, with all that said, um, I was a season ticket holder, you know, for the whole time they was in Oakland, and my first game was actually last last Sunday, you know. And when the story was breaking, you know, I'm on the plane going down there, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, man, this, this I, I something just don't feel right. And got to the game, you know, got to see the stadium and everything. Atmosphere was good. Sat with some of the guys that I sat with in Oakland because they actually had the tickets and invited me down. You know, I still had a good time, but the game obviously was horrible. And you can tell it wasn't a, a good vibe, good vibe with the team. Um, but 
what you guys were saying even before the season started, it seems like something different with this team. And I really got a good grasp of that with the press conferences yesterday when Waller, Crosby, and Carr talk. I'm talking mainly about the, uh, the players. I heard, heard May I talk also. But, you know, every one of them guys said that they love, they love Gruden. Yep. And, you know, it's not a good time to, you know, you know, what he said obviously was, you know, very, very disappointing. And, no, this would be the furthest thing from, I think, anybody's mind to lose a coach in, in that manner. And if somebody just dropped you down in the middle of that and you just heard them talk and didn't know what was happening, you would think, like, he was sick or got in an accident or, like, something, like, happened to him like that, just hearing that, not knowing the preference of what they were talking about. So I think they're going to be in good hands. And one of the, the texts I got from one of my buddies, when I, think, I think he heard the news before me, he said the show must go on. And Crosby and Waller, they always like, you know, we work too hard, you know. And, and with the Raiders, we've seen them change coaches so many times. And people talk about the Raiders um, giving Gruden that, that long contract. I think Mark Davis just wanted to get some stability with this team finally. I mean, Carr said it. He's, had, he's been with the team eight years, I believe. And this is going to be his fifth head coach slash interim coach since, since he's been there. And, you know, they, they, we've had so many coaches. I, I, I've, lost, I've lost count how many coaches the Raiders yeah. have had. Yeah. And, then, and one more thing real quick. With the, the Al, uh, Mark Davis thing, and even with some of the coaches, I mean, Gruden has known these guys for, you know, coaching is fraternity. He has known these guys back even across other, other teams in the um, league. Tomlin, you know, Versace. I mean, um, our, our current um, Raheem Morris, Bradley. I mean, twenty years plus. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is hard on a lot of people. So I feel more bad for the players. I think Gruden's going to be all right. It's unfortunate. Nobody ever would have thought in the wildest dreams that something like this would happen to to anybody. You know, let alone him. So yeah. I just hope they can get through this. If they win this game in Denver, it'll be a big step forward. They can really just put this behind. Them. Yeah, I think that that's the uh, the first step toward um, you know uh, rehabilitation and and uh, and and also you know just kind of again creating a better uh, atmosphere right now, you know, clearing the air uh, and and getting some positive air, uh, healthy air uh, around you right now because uh, it feels like you know at the beginning of the week I can say I can honestly say, say coming from California I've I've experienced the smog. Uh, it was kind of suffocating. The air was a little suffocating uh, around the team. And as the week went on, it felt like it cleared up a little bit. And uh, it was a little bit easier to breathe. And, and, and you're right. I mean, it's hard to separate um, and, and kind of sort through all of this because the, 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 the players in that building, every single one of them, and the coaches for that matter, every single one of them, are there because of John Gruden. He brought them to Las Vegas uh, and to the Raiders. So they're, they're, there's a connection there. And not only that, but he is a player's coach. And I saw that firsthand when I went to go interview him uh, before the season, and it was at their, in, the, in the meal room over at um, – it was lunchtime. It was in the meal room uh, over at the facility in Henderson. And dudes were coming up to him and giving him bear hugs, you know, and treating him like a teammate, not a coach. But a teammate, you know, and there was genuine affection there. Uh, you could tell. I could tell when, you know, guys are legitimately liking somebody or just sort of that's my colleague. Uh, he's the boss or whatever. We're, we, we work here. Uh, you, you've had relationships with, with, like that uh, before uh, in, your, in your jobs. 
but there's also other relationships where it's like there's a genuine friendship there, and I've sensed that. So as much anger and disappointment over what he said, there's also, I like that guy. I, you know, I can't stop liking somebody in the course of 24 hours or just because of something that they, that they said. And, and Darren Waller expressed that you know, uh, tremendously, like, you know, everyone wants to cancel him, but where's the grace to give him time to grow from this and learn from this? So it's just complicated. I can't express it anymore. It's complicated. It's, it's, it's you know, somebody that you liked, and I'm talking from the player's perspective, somebody that they liked and respected and a lot of ways were connected to on a professional and personal standpoint, to all of a sudden all this happens and you have to rectify in your own head, A, what he said, which was hugely disappointing uh, and distasteful, with also B, my friend just lost his job and his livelihood. And, and I, can, I can tell you this, you know, having texted with John Gruden uh, earlier this week, I think the last time we, 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 we exchanged was on Tuesday, um, for you know, for for a minute, for one second, I'm asking you just to 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 forget about or set aside what he said. It goes without saying that that was horrible and despicable and hateful and all all those things. We know that we get that, but what I sensed from him was he understood the magnitude of it, not from the personal standpoint of what it, it's now caused him to lose. What he was, what he, what, what he said to me in, and texted me uh, on, on a few exchanges is, I never meant to hurt anybody. And I know that, you know, we can we can take that maybe with a grain of salt or roll our eyes. But it was never about, oh, I lost this or I lost that. And mark my word, he's lost everything short of his family. He's lost everything that he's held dear to his heart. Football has been taken away from him. The Raiders have been taken away from him. It's a, 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 a humongous personal loss to him and it's going to take him a while you know to to pick himself back up from that but i never he hasn't said anything about that it's more i never ever meant to hurt anybody and 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 the apologies for hurting uh somebody and you know i don't know you, you know when you know that you've hurt somebody when you know you've let somebody down that that's a really bad feeling, and and uh, you know, uh, so he's in a bad place as far as that goes. Uh, but as it relates to his players, they can't just kick him to the curb or dislike him. I mean, you can if you want, and you have every right to. And maybe there's some guys in there that do, but you know, there's also a lot of guys who are like, I, I can't just hate him over this. I mean, I want the best for him. I want him to grow from this. I want him to learn from this and to understand that was unacceptable. And you can't be thinking like that, let alone talking like that or expressing yourself in that matter. But at the same time, I'm not going to just kick him to the curb and, and, and stop being his friend. Isn't it? It's hard. We've all had people in our lives that have let, that have let, us, let us down uh, in some ways by their actions. And if it's a family member, if it's somebody that you're close to, just if, you, if, if somebody expects you now to just turn around and hate that person, that's unrealistic. We're going to go out to West Texas Raider. How you doing, West Texas Raider? Hey, how are you doing, Benny? Doing really good, thanks. Hey, I I uh, I just want to give my two cents in on this. I don't see why Mark owes us as fans any explanation. Uh, you know, all of this, we as fans, we know what happened. Uh, 
We know the reason. He wasn't fired. He resigned, and we know why he resigned. So he was not employed by the Raiders at that time. If anybody should ask questions, I think it should be ESPN. Uh, Now, with that being said, I'm like the previous caller, and uh, I'm really exhausted like he and we need to put this away. Uh, we need to get on with the season and put our total attention, our focus, on the Broncos on Sunday. I think that that's the case. I think that's that is what's happening. And uh, and and I'm with you, West Texas Raider. Aside from us trying to figure out how do you feel right now, Mark, about everything that happened, which is a valid question, and the curiosity of that is understandable. But, again, the guy resigned or was pressured into uh, resigning, whatever the case might be, but it didn't happen while he was the coach. So it makes it different for me. It makes it different for me. Um, If he was firing off those emails over the course of a period of time with the Raiders and – speaking on behalf of the Raiders because that's their official email address. It's a little bit different. This happened, this preceded his time uh, with the Raiders. So all we're really asking right now uh, when, when we're saying Mark Davis must talk to us is because it's really just to satisfy your curiosity about what he's feeling because Mark Davis had nothing to do with those emails. It didn't happen under the Raiders' umbrella. It didn't happen under his watch, his jurisdiction, his organization's time or email address or anything like that. It preceded him. And also, on top of all that, it's a huge blow for him professionally, personally, all that. And I think he deserves time to sort it through it. And when he wants to speak up and explain to us exactly how he feels, I'm willing to give him that time. I'm not sitting here thinking that he has to say anything right now. When he's comfortable talking... I'll accept that, and I'll accept his reasons for not wanting to talk right now. I think I have a pretty good idea of why that might be. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Aaron Maui Raider is on the line. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Benny? Hey, I just want to interject one point that uh, I think you might be missing here, and it might be a, a reach or a stretch, but just a thought. Um, Mark Davis doesn't have uh, anyone, no children, to inherit the, the football team and carry on this legacy. And up until about a week ago, uh, I was thinking that Gruden would be earmarked or was earmarked to eventually take over the reins. I don't know how the financial aspect of it would work, but I just believe that there was a bigger picture of for John Gruden for the, for the team. Obviously, that goes away with his actions, and I 100% support it. But that might be an aspect of a story or, or what's going on with Mark Davis that's also affecting how he uh, – doesn't want to talk about it or his just mental state, knowing that Gruden's no longer going to be uh, part of that legacy of the Raiders on a bigger scale than just being a head coach. Just my thought or my opinion. Just kind of want to hear your feedback about it's it. A, it's an excellent point and one that I frankly uh, hadn't even considered. Um, you know, I, and that, that is a, a question that, you know, um, you know, where do the Raiders go? <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, it's yeah. I, I hate talking about talking about things on those terms because we know what we're talking about, life and death and that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know what the uh, what the uh, the plan is uh, moving forward. I'm sure only one or a, few, a handful of people do. 
Um, and so, and maybe it did include John Gruden. There's a lot of layers to this. Again, um, you don't give somebody a 10-year contract uh, and the type of money and commitment that they were putting into John Gruden, uh, that was a, that's a long-term plan that probably, maybe, I don't know if it did or not, but you can certainly speculate that it, maybe it did, um, it, it, it was setting the stage for something even more after that. Um, and, and none of that obviously is possible anymore. So again, there's a lot of layers to this. Uh, there's a lot of emotion that is still very, very raw. It's not even seven days, um, uh, or it's been seven days now since the first email emerged. And then, um, you know, obviously, uh, what, four days since the, the big bombshell hit on, on, on Monday. Uh, and, and I always try to, you know, express this to, to people that are, that are removed from it, that are watching this on TV, reading the newspaper or online when they read our articles, uh, or, or listening to me, you know, uh, and, and others here on Raider Nation Radio on, on, on the radio, um, there's, there's a human aspect to professional sports that's, that's similar to any job, any vocation, uh, anything. But I think that sometimes gets lost because sometimes these players and the sport itself, the spectacle of it all, um, you know, uh, it, it gets lost that we're literally talking about human beings. We're not talking about people on Madden. Uh, we're not talking about, you know, some computer screen creature that you or or, or, or being that you've created uh, online. Um, you know, these are actual human beings and there's actual feelings and emotions uh, involved and pain and all that type of thing. Uh, it gets lost in the translation. I can see it because I can see how people talk about athletes you know, on social media, almost as if they're not actually people. And they actually are. And I try to counsel uh, some fans, you know, I'm, I'm accessible. If you email me, if you DM me, I'm generally going to respond unless you're a jerk or whatever. Um, but, and, and I'm going to give you my two cents on, on my job and how I feel about things and, you know, the care I sometimes take when it, when it comes to, like, calling for somebody to be fired. I mean... You know, it takes me a little while to get to that point. And the reason is because that's a human being that you're talking about with a family, with emotions, with feelings, with goals, with objectives. And everybody online just seems to want to fire this person, get rid of that guy, move in another direction. And, and the, the, the human aspect of it is completely lost. And I try to, like I said, I, I, you know, knowing guys, knowing people, and I, you get to know the people that you cover, obviously. Uh, and in some cases, you're building relationships. I had a relationship with John Gruden, um, uh, so you know, and, and and it's for even for me, it's 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 been difficult. Lincoln Kennedy has talked about it. It's been difficult for him to kind of separate the person that you had a relationship with the person that was talking. Uh, in those terms, on those emails, it's difficult to try to sort through all of that. Uh, and so all these complicated issues that sometimes arise in a personal humanistic stand from a humanistic standpoint, it's not as easy as just saying, speak to us right now, you coward, or, you know, you owe us this and, and you know, you have to speak uh, on this right now. Uh, maybe not so fast, maybe not so much. You know, and, and sometimes I do have to tell the media, stand back a little bit, you know, and I'm part of the media. You know, we take ourselves very, very seriously. We do. And in a lot of ways, we, we do have a responsibility and to, to tell stories and to, 
you know, uh, it, it, it's, it, that can get complicated as well. But I never sit here thinking he owes me something. Because really, at the end of the day, all you're really saying is, I want to know what you're thinking. Because nothing else, the guy got fired. That's actions speak louder than words sometimes. You're in, or not fired, but he resigned. Well, I'm not exactly sure how that came about. But the fact of the matter is, he's no longer the head coach of the Raiders. So, uh, you know, uh, accept that however you want, how it all played out. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. On a Friday, we're live for a few minutes longer here at Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. It's a great scene. Hockey now, baseball. Uh, we've got college football, tennis, for crying out loud. Uh, so come join us. Uh, even if, if it, if it uh, stretches beyond uh, my time here, come have a good time at the Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. It's a great scene. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Only got a couple minutes left. Um, I just want to say thanks uh, to everybody, uh, whether it was a guest or all the great, 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 great calls that we had. Uh, There's no doubt that this was a challenging week uh, for Raider Nation and for Raider fans. Um, You know, uh, it's you know we get that and we understand that, um, but it was it was it was it was nice for me um, whether it was in my written work uh, for the Review Journal and trying to explain this story and make sense of this story and um, which was which was difficult but uh, you know I felt like you know well received and it came from my heart it always does uh, to coming on the airways uh, to talk uh, w- with everybody but also be here. And listen uh, to some great thoughts that you guys shared and that you guys had. And I was really impressed uh, with those thoughts in some trying times uh, and really kind of unprecedented times. I've been doing this a long time. I don't remember something like this happening uh, with the head coach. It might have been the owner or somebody affiliated with or an ex-player or something. Somebody says something uh, nonsensical and, and hurtful and all that but never from the actual head coach in real time uh, in the middle of a season uh, to warrant somebody, you know, getting, you got to go, man. Uh, and that was the right uh, outcome, obviously. Uh, but it was a blow, uh, nonetheless, for Raider Nation. And um, really, um, uh, you know, thankful to all your thoughts. Um, I'm, I'm humbled that I was in this position uh, to kind of walk you, help walk you through it and listen to your, your thoughts and everything like that. Uh, it was it was an interesting week from that point, and hopefully it helped you guys uh, try to deal with something that uh, was pretty traumatic in a lot of ways uh, on a whole bunch of different levels. Uh, but there's a game to be played on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see what happens over at Empower Field at Mile High uh, in Denver. I'm leaving early tomorrow morning uh, for the Mile High City. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing uh, how the, uh, the, the, the Raiders handle their business. And I know that they want to move on from this as quickly as possible, and the best way to do that for their, from their perspective is to, is to go win a football game. Well, uh, it takes on even more meaning than that because they got to win this game. Uh, you don't want to get to 3-3. Three and three. You don't want to go on a three-game losing streak this early. You don't want all that doubt, all that those bad vibes, those bad f- feelings uh, to creep back in um, and start really hovering in a major way. Uh, so for a lot of reasons, the Raiders need to go win a football game. We'll see if they're up to that challenge on Sunday. Whatever happens... We'll be back at it on Monday from 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. here in Las Vegas. Thank you very much. We will talk to you guys next week. Damon, thank you, buddy.